0: Hi and welcome to The Abnormal Christian, I'm Brad Mason, I'm here with my wife Natasha Mason and we are back again for episode number 9, I believe it's 9, we're on 9 correct dear?
1: Number 9!
0: You would know better than I. So we had a little bit of a break last week between uh, episodes seven and eight and nine. This week, um, the goal has been trying to get two done, but we are parents. And so that's the wonderful thing, right? We have lots of children. You want to say how many?
1: Party of five. A party
0: of five. So we have five kids uh, in this house. Which, um, I
1: guess you'd say party of seven.
0: Yeah, I know. It's a lot of us. So uh, you, when you think about a large family and you try to think of all the things you can do and the time constraints you have. So we have uh, five kids. We have a dog who is outside, and we have two cats. So we have, uh, we're have we working on some chickens, if I ever get a chicken coop built. Well, we build.
1: have one cat because one cat has... Disappeared? Gone on a nature hike.
0: Oh, again... She's done
1: that before when she's disappeared for a month. She'll be back, back,
0: unfortunately. So, uh, I mean, uh, (laughs) fortunately, she'll be back. I'm not a cat fan, but that's okay. Um, So, you know, it makes uh, doing the podcasting a little bit of a challenge because it's finding time to actually do it. We have a uh, a young baby who's going to be three here real soon, so um, we try and do this in between her taking naps and.
1: But she didn't want to nap. Today. Right, the
0: studio is you know we could hear from the studio, um, so <laughs> <No basic. laughs> it's a it's it's a lot of fun. It makes a lot of challenge. Um, so if you've been listening to uh, the Abnormal Christian so far, I want to thank you first off. Uh, for listening, giving us a little bit of your time. Um, these episodes are usually around 30 minutes long. Uh, typically, they're not very uh, yet. They're not heavy, heavily scripture-laden. We'll get into some of that later, but right now, we're just trying to get to know you, and I want you to kind of know us and where we're from and what we're looking into and what we're thinking about. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate well, you being know here. where
1: we're from, do they? Uh,
0: That's true. They don't know where we're from, and we're not going <clears> to tell anybody. They're going to have to find by us.
1: by our accents. We
0: are, well, your accent, <laughs> especially. We are Southerners. We're not too far in the South. We're in the great state of North Carolina. Um, if you're listening around the world, if you get a, a map and you look in America, you'll see North Carolina. Um, and we are in that state. We're in that place. The Bible I says... in say
1: tar hills, but I don't
0: like that. Yeah. The Bible says, "In whatsoever state ye are, therefore be content. Mm. And so if we got to be in North Carolina, the Bible says we have to be happy, so... Or at least content. It says content, so we're content. So that's who we are, and that's that's a little bit about us. If you uh, are listening to the podcast on a regular basis, please uh, subscribe on iTunes and uh, like and share. It's very important that we get uh, subscribers because that helps us out in um, the iTunes rating system. Um, and the, the better, the the higher you are on the ratings chart, the more people you can actually influence, and you have the opportunity to reach out. So we definitely want the message and the gospel of Jesus Christ and the uh, the, the just really God to receive the glory in everything that we do um, and we just hope that this this program continues to pick up lessons and grow and the only way that's going to happen is if people are listening and sharing so uh, it's completely free which is awesome you don't have to pay for anything um, which is great about these podcasts man they don't you know nobody's we don't have to have a telethon and we don't have to uh mm-hmm. we don't have to raise money or anything like that uh, we just got to make sure that we got time when the kids are unconscious so
1: are dispersed
0: Yes, yes, or disperse. So if anybody ever wants to babysit so we can do podcasts, uh, give us a mailing address and we'll shove them in a mailbox and mail them to you. So (laughs) that's probably not going to happen. So uh, a little bit of the theme from the last week we're going to get into a little bit more this time um, is this idea of Passover. I think I brought it up a little bit about Christ being the sacrificial lamb. um, And I think – if we go back and we talk about uh, – this is a huge one, and I don't think churches even understand this. Mm-mm. As a Christian, I don't think you understand this. Passover is huge in in your belief structure, or it should yeah, be. Enormous. It should be huge in your, your belief structure. There's so much uh, we miss because we don't do Passover. We think it's a Jewish thing. Uh, we think it has to do with the Hebrews, which it does. Um, but we don't think it has to do with the body of Christ, and I think that is an absolute – it is. It is just. It is a sad, sad state. It's Almost it's, egregious. It is. So uh, you've done Passover. We did Passover last year with our family. We brought everybody in. I really um, went through Passover with everybody. From your perspective, you were. You've never done that. You've never done Passover. No. Uh, I was you... raised Baptist. Right. As for you, and sure. you didn't
1: come to this till later, nope. and you've exposed me a lot to that. So it's it's, um, reverent. Right. Maybe is a good word. And I think, you know, the more times I do it, the more I'll understand it. Like, I was just trying to get the basics down pat. Yeah. And that's— that, You that's, just told me this is what we need, this right. is yada, 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 but you were doing the quote-unquote ceremony. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the Passover Seder. So— um once you get into it, and I, I think once you get past what you think it is and what it is, once you learn what Passover is really about, you really see the plan of God more openly than you've ever seen it before. Because
1: Just like you were saying that the Jews do this, and they don't understand that it is a representation of certain things as Jesus, <clears throat> Yeshua, as the Messiah. Right. So I didn't... You know, you're talking
0: about the Levin. Yes, uh, i never heard of it before. Yeah, and there's, and I think that is. We go back, and we talked about history. We talked about how uh, Constantine, some of the early church. Uh, Martin Luther is one of the early church history heroes, right? He really helped separate um the idea that we are saved by our works versus we are saved by grace i think there was a large period there reformation period coming out of the dark ages where people said you know the church controlled the scripture um there were some there were some churches where the bible was even chained to the pulpit so the people couldn't read it Because they were afraid that if they if if the people could read it, they would lose control over them, right? Because Mm -hmm. we if we have if we control the word of God, whoever controls the word of God controls the people. If they if they believe that, so um, Martin Luther and some of the early church uh, had this great idea that you know they read the scriptures, they saw that we're saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. Um, And so they were like, wow, you know, this is not what we've been told. We've been told we've got to take the sacraments, and we've got to do good works, and um, we've got to confess our sins to a priest. We've got to do all Interceder. these. Yes, we've got to do all these different functions in order to go to heaven, and that's not what the Bible says. Um, but the biggest problem and some of the bigger issues there too were uh, from the early churches that we have to remove. And Martin Luther, if you go back and you read some of his works, uh, he was very instrumental in saying we've got to remove these Jewish things. We've got to take these mm-hmm. Hebraic symbolisms out of our churches um, because, uh, again, the early uh, the early Roman Church was the Jews crucified Christ. They killed their Messiah They were the ones who were responsible They were the ones who were chanting, crucify him, crucify him And uh, so there was this uh, idea that we don't need to, you know, if you go back and you look at God's chosen people, the Jews, the the Hebrews from uh, the time of Abraham all the way till now, they have been accursed uh, by every other nation in the world, even today. I mean, they live in the smallest sliver of land uh, surrounded by the Arab nations, and for some reason, and we all know the Arab nations want that piece of land. It's the littlest area over there, you know, and going outside of all that, the Palestinians who live in, they gave them Gaza because the, the current Israeli uh, government is under the idea that if we give up uh, property, we give up land, we make concessions, they will be peaceful. And the opposite is completely mm-hmm. true. The Arab world has said, we want you dead and gone. We want you pushed into the ocean. We do not want Israel to exist. There's, n- there's no coexisting there because um, they have been hated from every generation. And a lot of that came from the fact that they rejected Messiah. Uh, not every Hebrew who was alive at the time rejected Messiah, Right. Early church was Jews. Right, all of the disciples were Jews. Exactly. A lot of those Jewish folks believed he was a Messiah and was willing to accept that. You mean the
1: disciples weren't white guys?
0: No, the disciples were not white guys. They were not running around in Nikes and Air Jordans (laughs) and stuff like that. No, there was. They were, they, were, they were more Arab, Araba, Aramaic, I should say, in appearance um, than just ordinary, you know, blonde-haired, blue-eyed white guys. Um, so you, you get this really under, this really feeling for things like Passover. You know, when you, once you get into the study of Passover and find out what it is and what it means and all the symbolisms, you kind of start to see, why did we go away from this? Why did somebody replace Passover with communion? Our churches, almost every church in, that I know of does communion, most do it at least once a month. They just it's part of their maybe. It's part of their church services. They pass around the uh, grape juice in the little shot glass yeah. that is inside of the silver platter. You know, I mean we've seen that, right? Then they pass I remember around. Remember as a
1: kid that was so exciting. Yeah, you
0: didn't and they got the little holder in the back of the pew in front of you that you yeah. put your grape juice cup in and you wait and you get it and you hold it and then you wait and he reads the scripture and you think, Can I drink this? And he's still reading the scripture and then he finally says you can you're like, Oh yeah, that was good so um, you know, so and then they pass around the tray with these little. Uh, what is it that they're using now? Most of them are using the oyster crackers. Mm. You know that you put in soup. And it's not really unleavened, but they use oyster crackers. Um, I was at one church at one time where they they ran out of oyster crackers, and this is seriously. They threw gold fli- goldfish onto the plate, and they passed oh, goldfish around. Oh, no. so, it was fish shaped. So Jesus approved, right? It had a Jesus, smile on its face. Jesus so fish. it was a Jesus fish. So I, you know, and I, I get it. It doesn't. It's it's a, it's a symbolism type thing right that's what it's really about it's really about the symbolism so you know salvation by taking communion is nonsense that's not at all what christ was trying to say when he said this is my body which is broken for you do this
1: in remembrance right
0: there's the key phrase do this in remembrance of me he never said this is my body which will be physical flesh in your mouth do this. You know, he didn't leave it like that. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Um, so Passover, that's what this is about. We all know, everybody will admit that Jesus was a Jewish man. Uh, we know he sent the disciples up to uh, Jerusalem to prepare an upper room before he was crucified. And we all know that it was around the time of Passover. That's that's why they were going there. They were going there to celebrate Passover. Uh, you'll see The painting with all the disciples and Jesus sitting at the big table is called the Last Supper. And what it should really be called is the Last Passover. I mean, that's really what it was. The Last Seder. Yes, the Last Seder. It was not just sitting down and eating. You'll see some who'll paint pictures or or they'll hand around this big knotted loaf of bread. You know, they want to, it looks like challah bread, which is, you Mm -hmm. know, um, Israeli bread, but they'll pass around this big loaf of bread and this is what Jesus, no, he was not passing around a big loaf of bread. Um, When they were in Egypt and they were leaving, and this all goes back. Back to Passover. This all has to do with the death angel, and this has to do with that lamb we talked about. Um, the lamb was slain, and the blood was placed upon the doorpost of the home. Um, and when the Passover angel came into, or when the death angel came into Egypt, the Bible said that if the blood was on the doorpost, he would pass over their house. He would pass over, right? So Passover was, why would he pass over? And this is some key elements we're going to look at real quick with Passover. Um, so let's look at, uh, let me read a scripture here from Exodus real quick. It said, the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of the year. Um, let's stop there. The first month of the year was uh, April, right? We talked about that in, in the Hebrew. It's not called April, but it is the first month of the year starts in April. And he says, tell the whole community of Israel Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. The animal you choose must be a one-year-old male without defect take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they were to eat the lamb. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So this is where we're getting Passover from. Exodus 2, 1 through 3, 5 and 6 and 13. So um, this is where Passover really originates. And if, if you're paying attention to what I just read, You just learned the day that Christ was crucified, right? Because the lamb who was slain and put upon, the blood post was put upon the door is the same symbolism of the lamb of God who was slain from the foundation of the world. And we talked about this in an earlier podcast. If you will listen, I'm going to give it to you one more time, and you're going to hear the day. So he tells Aaron and Moses that this is to be for you the first month. So right there he gives you the month. Then he says, though, to take that lamb in, right? The animal must be a one-year-old male without defect. You take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them. At twilight so, so right April there 14th. there you go that that tells you the day that Christ was crucified it is not, these things in the Old Testament remember we talked about how they are um, there are pictures of things to come so we know that this is right at Passover this is the sacrificing of the lamb was for Passover so we go into the New Testament and we see Christ who is crucified on the 14th day of the first month which was a Wednesday and he is crucified at Twilight he's crucified at that time in the afternoon because they're they're coming into the high Sabbath, that three-day Sabbath, which is the only Sabbath of the year that is called a high Sabbath. It's the Passover Sabbath. So um, it's really cool, because right there the Bible just told you what most people have read over and not even paid attention to, that the Lamb of God is slain on the 14th day of the first month. And that lamb is the same symbol that he used in Egypt when they put the blood post on the door, or blood on the doorpost. And the the death. And now here's the interesting thing. Here's what, let's go a step further with that. Just one second. So um, the blood that we've talked about is, is from the lamb and it is applied to the doorpost of the house, the home. Um, And so we know later on when Jesus is coming, he he says what? Behold, I stand at the
1: door and knock.
0: that's right. Oh, wait a minute. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, right? Mm -hmm. So what does he say after that? He says, if any man hear me and opens the door, I will... Enter in Yes, he'll come in and he will will have He says sup with him in the scripture in the New Testament It says sup with him But if he will open up that door, I will come and I will enter in Now the main thing to get out of that is if you understand Egypt You understand anyone who went into that house That had blood on the doorpost Would go into that house And the death angel would pass over them And they would still have what? Life Life, yes right on. You got it. So they're going to go into, the. if anyone who passes into that door, goes through that blood, walks into that house, is guaranteed to have life, the death angel will pass over them. And this is the same picture in images.
1: They're covered under the blood. Yes.
0: Very good. Very good. This is the same image that Christ is giving us in the New Testament when he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock any man who hears and opens the door. Life will enter into that home, right? So he enters into that home. He enters in as a friend. He enters in as Messiah. He enters in as the lamb of God. And life has, you know, there was one scripture where he said, um, behold, salvation has come to this house. He was talking to a man. He said, but salvation has come to your house today. And you look at it and you go, how did everybody in the house get saved? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying life, salvation himself, this, this sacrificial lamb is coming to this house. And if you allow it to enter in, the death angel is going to pass over you too. This is salvation, right here in Egypt, this is salvation. The blood on the doorpost of your heart And the angel of death You know the Bible says that Christ uh, Descended into the heart of the earth for three days and three nights And he captured the keys of hell and death Those are the two things he captured Um, The Bible goes on to say Death where is thy sting, grave where is thy victory Because he has taken those things for us So um, what happened in Egypt And this is Passover stuff that we should be Every year when Passover comes around This is what we should be discussing with ourselves And with our, our brothers and sisters in Christ Is that if you can see it Here in the scripture you can see what God's plan was for all of us after Christ came. It's absolutely amazing. And and we read through it every day like it's just... It's words on a page, and we didn't seem to put two and two together. And the real problem there is that we've separated ourselves from the Hebraicness, from the Jewishness of the Scriptures, and we look at it from the perspective, our perspective, and we say we're going to do communion because that's what we've always been told. But communion is this is so much more than that, okay? Um, so that's that. That's the scripture where they're commanded to do Passover. So Passover is really one of those. Um, it's the uh, it's the watershed moment for the Jews and all of the things they do it's that breaking moment this is the this is huge this is the found this is where Israel's going to come out of they're going to come out of Egypt the whole nation is going to emerge out of Egypt and out of slavery and you know and they're going to sometimes they're going to fail miserably, but they're going to serve god right that's that's what they're going to do um, but I don't think you can really fully appreciate um you don't really fully appreciate the redemption of the Messiah until you understand Passover and you understand what happened there.
1: Well, sitting in the pew, eating a little cracker and drinking your juice is does not is nowhere near the same effect as sitting at the table with you last year and you going through and explaining.
0: Right. And, yeah, and re- explaining every little part of this is this and this is that. There, there's the um. You know the, the Apostle Paul in First Corinthians five seven. This is New Testament, right? So we uh, for for those who are listening, and you might say, Mm, yeah, that still that Passover still sounds like it's a it's a Jewish thing. That's not for the church." In First Corinthians chapter five seven, Paul said, for Messiah, our Passover Lamb has been sacrificed." He didn't say Messiah. Their Passover lamb. He didn't speak of it as in the Jews' Passover lamb. Right. He said, for our Messiah, our Messiah, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. In in his mind, he saw this as something for everyone, Jew, Gentile, everyone. It is, uh, you know, it is that time of the year that it was supposed to have an impact on all mankind. Um, these are one of the fe- there's seven festivals and feasts that God says we're supposed to do for all generations. And at some point, we dropped them and we said, "Well, we don't really need to do that. We're going to do something different." Um, so we, it,
1: we decided. Yes, we, we decided. Know better?
0: Exactly. We knew better than God or did. We think. Um, if you think of. Uh, Passover in the Hebrew is Pesach. It's a, that's the Hebrew. It means it literally means to pass over. Um, it's interesting to me that the the death angel of God would pass over when it saw this, right? When it saw this blood on the doorpost. Um, if you go and you look at, and this is one of the other things that I think is cool in Hebrew. Um, each letter has a, a symbolism. Uh, each letter has a uh, corresponding. Uh, number and meaning behind. It. That's what I was trying to get to. Each each letter has a, a meaning. Um, so there's a there's a letter uh, in Hebrew called Chet, C H E T. Chet. You can look it up and see a symbol of it. Anyway, it looks like a doorpost. It's it's just it, it's uh, it's kind of hard to explain. It's just uh, <laughs> it looks just like a doorpost, like you would think it would. Two two sides up and one across. So it looks like a doorpost. But the word Chet means, in the literal meaning of the word is life. That's the word. That's what it means. Life. So when you think about them painting the blood on the doorposts of their homes, they were painting that symbol of chet on their door and they didn't I don't even know if they ever uh, even knew that. But they're painting life on my house. This is like me going outside and painting the word life on my house. That's what they were doing. They were painting life on the door on the door frame and didn't even realize that's exactly what it was. That that's that blood was giving anyone in that house life. That is absolutely massive in my mind. That is so deep, because you don't. We so want to separate the Old Testament from the New, but when you can put those two things together and you understand the deeper level, why?
1: Why I don't understand. Like I don't understand why would you do that? Why not have both? Why not? Because I think there was a. I both. think
0: I think there's been a time, I, and I, and I I know God, and the, the Scripture talks about in the last days that God is going to raise up some people, and God is going to open up some eyes to some different things that people uh, weren't able to see. I think for from the time that Christ was crucified until now, the modern church has been marching toward making Yeshua into its own image, what we want God to be, what we want Jesus to be, and we have gone so far from what what He was and who He is, and where God wanted us to go. Um, that it's no surprise to me that there are seven churches on the same square block. You know, they're popping up on every corner. Um, that all these mega churches, and I'm not trying to knock mega church pastors. I'm just saying. The reason we are opening these churches left and right all over the United States is because we're dissatisfied with what we're getting, and we're dissatisfied because it doesn't please us the way we want to be pleased. It's not that these churches are opening to feed people deeper information, to feed no, them a no, deeper it's relationship. Must
1: feed them less. Yes,
0: exactly. It's to open. There, a lot of these places are opening up to feed the psychology of humanism to me. Tell me how I'm good. Tell me how God loves me regardless of who I am. And so, and I'm not trying to knock these, I'm really not. But what I'm saying is we don't see this opening of new churches and congregations to where people are going, man, I want a deeper relationship with God. I'm willing to forsake the world and to walk in the righteousness of God. That's where we want to be and that's where we should live, but we're not. It's, and this is, you know, this is one of those things. Passover is not going to solve every one of your problems It's not going to solve all of your relationship issues With God and with your brothers and your sisters and friends One thing it will do though Is it will help seal your relationship Unto Jesus right Unto you hear us call him Yeshua Um, And this is a point I make with people They say why do you call him Yeshua instead of Jesus And I say well you know I I call my wife by her name a lot of times um, Natasha and she is She is my wife and more that I've Explained that I want to know more about her So there are things that people call their wives When they honey and dear and darling, whatever those words are that they use for their their spouse, um, and the dogs. There he goes. So again, Obi-dobi. kids and dogs. So you get, well, the more I get into a deeper relationship with you, the more I want to know about you and the, the deeper our understanding of each other is. And if there is a, a, a whatever the term of endearment that I use for you, I use for you because I know you and I love you. You know, um, I think we do that with, you, you look at different positions yeah. in government and people and um, we do that all the time. You don't know people, so you use their title. Like a, a police officer can pull you over and you call them officer. You don't know that's Bill. You don't know anything about Bill. But if you knew Bill... Bill, and the more you knew him, the more you would call him Bill. You wouldn't call him officer. So to me, it's the same thing. I call him Jesus because that's what I was raised with. But the more I get to know him and the more I want to understand him and the deeper relationship that I build with him, it's almost like it's a me and him thing. I get to call him Yeshua. I get to call him who he was. I get to say his name. It's like Yahweh. We use the word God. I had somebody the other day tell me that God was his name. God is his name. And I said, nope, that's not it. And they said, what do you mean God's not his name? Nope. And I said, I love you, but God is not his name. God is his position. And that's one thing we as the church need to understand as well. The Arabs have a God, don't they? Yeah. What do they call him? Allah. Why does he get a name? Why does he get a name? Why does Buddha get a name? Why, does, why do all these other false idols in the world get a name, but our God gets no name? He is God. He's in the generic He's God. the generic God. We call him the generic. This, and this is why people are mashing things together and getting confused. I, I, there's been news reports and people who have said, well, the Christian God is the same as the Arab God, and he's the mm-hmm. same as, no, absolutely not. And there are distinct differences between the two. And our God has a name, Yahweh. And that's, you know, if you go back to the original Hebrew, it's yud heh There's only four consonants for the name of God. That's who he is. And that's who he will always be. And so when we get into Passover and you start learning things about Messiah and you learn things about about who he was and what he did. And you start getting a little bit deeper and you're like, this relationship is growing. I wanna, you know, I start calling him by his name and I start calling him just as I see him. And I kind of understand. And so Passover is kind of like a door; it opens up a little bit of this Hebraic understanding. So according to this Passover lamb, it's supposed to be without blemish, right? That was mm-hmm. that was one of the things. One years old; it was not to have any blemishes. It's the same thing as our as Yeshua. He a was male. Yes, it was a male. Yeshua was without sin. He was that perfect atonement for uh, for us, that sinless life, right? Um, one of the things we talked about before was uh, Torah. Um, Yeshua being Torah in the flesh And um, Because he's sinless If he was sinless that means he did what If knowing That breaking the law of God Or or breaking Torah makes you a sinner Then obedience to Torah Or God makes you obedient right? Doesn't make you a sinner For him to be sinless it means he had to obey Torah It means he had to He had to keep every law of Torah Yes he had to follow without question Or fail So that's what we, you know, you got to get your mind wrapped around that. The world's going to tell us different stories. They're going to say, "Well, these Old Testament things don't matter. These Old Testament rules and, and regular stories. Yes, they don't matter. Where the Bible says uh certain things were not supposed to happen, that doesn't matter because Jesus did away with that." No, 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 no. Jesus lived and abided by every one of those things so he could be the penalty. He became the 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 propitiation, we've used that he, he became the propitiation The substitute for us uh, Because he was able to keep that And so he was be without blemish or defect And you can go over to 1 Peter 1.19 You're going to see this too Where it talks about Messiah as the Lamb And it says he is without blemish or defect So it's using the same verbiage That you see in um, Exodus When it's talking about the same sacrifice That Yeshua is is, is perfect And he's without blemish or defect Um but God, in 2 in Corinthians 5.21, it said that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So there and that's we're again, we go back to Lent, we go back to these things in our lives that we think are going to make us righteous, and it has nothing to do with us that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so he had no sin in him, and he became sin for us, so that we could become righteousness in god um and it's amazing to me that we don't you know. We don't look into the deeper things of God because they're there, man. It's just in the Bible. It's not hard to find. It's just knowing what to look for. That's the main thing. And I think that's where we miss in the teaching sometimes. Um, but he became that. Just like that lamb with life for those people in the house, he is life for the believer um, in this world. Well,
1: I would say, I think one of the things I – it took me a minute to wrap well, my brain around when you said, well, when Je- Yeshua. And right? I, it It's – I still struggle getting it to come out of my mouth, because I'm not, again, you know, I, I don't have that familiarity feeling, right. as though your name's Bradley, calling you Brad, right. or so, wrapping my brain around that he was a living, breathing Jewish guy who followed Torah. Yes. And if that's what he chose and what he likened himself to, then why is that not good enough for me? Yeah. Why do I feel like I need to have changed that?
0: And that's a good question. I think we look at—I um, don't know. I I, mean, again, I'm just
1: like I don't know. Well, yeah, you why, sit there and why? you go,
0: I don't know. Why do why why do we need to change that? Why, why do we don't need we follow to? That?
1: Why? I
0: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those moments where you sit and you go, "I don't understand. I, I haven't. I don't think I've never thought this way." Mm-mm. And I think that's what I think that's what of the Hebraic roots stuff does. It makes you think in a way you haven't thought before. And it, but it seems, but it's not like mm, I'm thinking of something different and this is confusing. It's something you think of and you're like, "Oh wow! I didn't. I see that now. I didn't think I, of that. You know." And
1: you feel a little tingly. Yeah, it I doesn't. It doesn't. A little strange.
0: Yeah. It, so it's it's pretty crazy. Um
1: why ain't nobody ever told me this before?
0: Well, that's what we're here for, dear. We're here to share. So, let's one more thing. Uh, we're coming to the end of this episode, and I'm so wound up, I get so excited. But Passover, we're just talking about the beginnings of Passover, and you know, at the rate that this is going, it's probably going to be a three or four episode thing because there's so much <laughs> in Passover um, that we can look at. But one of the one of the things I want to look at too is the um, the death angel that was going to come over and smite the firstborn. Right, he's going to kill the um, the firstborn of um, the Egyptians, but it also included the Israelites if Everybody. they did not right. If they did not put the the blood on the on the um, door of the house, uh, God Just said, "Being
1: Jewish didn't save them." No,
0: absolutely not. Um, in Exodus chapter twelve thirteen, he said, "When I see the blood, I will pass over." Um, and this is the very this is the center. Um, and the good news of Passover.
1: At least the death angel wasn't looking for Jews; it was looking nope. for her blood.
0: we looking exactly, and and a couple different things here that you got to remember is that each household had to make a sacrifice. Right? Um, there had to be a sacrifice at each household, and each household had to have the blood on the door so that that death angel would pass. Pass over them, right? Um, and this is the good news in the gospel in the in the current era when Christ came, is that the blood had to be applied to the doorpost of your heart. Every single person has to have the blood applied to the doorpost of their heart, so that the death angel will pass over you. Because the Bible says, if you go to John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, right? So at the moment that we apply the blood of Yeshua, the the Lamb of God, to the doorpost of our heart, we have the moment... We have everlasting life There's a lot of people Who think that starts uh, The lose it crowd You can lose your salvation This is the problem You have right here The Bible says that When you believe That he gives you Everlasting life And you know When everlasting life Starts the moment You believe And everlasting life Is exactly what He says it is It does not stop So um, that's the wonderful thing If you've applied The blood of Yeshua That lamp To the doorpost To your heart You are sealed And you are with The Holy Spirit of God In you And you are his children um, And that's the 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 good news coming out this is you go back to exodus and there's the gospel there's the gospel there's salvation there's a messiah there's the baptism there's the word of god um the holy spirit there's so many things in there um and a lot of people you know are going to say well i never learned these things growing up you know i didn't hear this stuff i didn't pass over to me was just kind of a, a meal and you know people got together and i heard the jewish people did this um and they didn't. To me, the the understanding here is, is a little bit deeper because you're you're getting a concept of what the what sin is. Number one, you're getting a concept of what sin is, and number two, you're getting the understanding of what blood actually means. Mm-hmm. Because of the two most important things in the Bible is life is the Bible says life is in the blood, right? And without the blood of Messiah, without the blood of Yeshua, you have no life. It's plain and simple as as it gets. Um, and so Passover is one of the best illustrations of the power of blood. The power of righteous blood.
1: You know, I'm singing the power in the blood. Well, oh, there it is head, in your head.
0: That. But that's the honest truth. I think that's you know those old church hymns were very staunch in facts and mm. factual information. Is that there's power, 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 wonderworking working power in the blood, the soul, blood of, of the, of the lamb. lamb. That's right. Oh man, this this song's about Passover. I, I guarantee, if you would have said that to the person who wrote the song, they would have been like, "Well, that ain't what I was thinking about." But you'd have been like, "There it is." It's on the doorpost, man. There's power in the blood. So uh, so that's been awesome. This has been a great, I think this has been a, one of our favorite episodes so far. Um, but continue to stick with us. We're going to hit this Passover thing a few more times. We're going to go into some more of this, the dinner, the Seder. There's some really meaty things in there that you really want to hear. Um, some things, symbols in that that relate to us as believers. And uh, they really can. I think they can open your eyes to your understanding your relationship with God. So again, if you like this show, please like it and share share it please uh if you're uh, listening subscribe on itunes that's very important for us um we just you know we're having a great time and we hope that god blesses you
1: Theabnormalchristian at gmail.com
0: Theabnormalchristian at gmail.com If you need a prayer request Or you have something you want to discuss Or you have an idea If you don't like my voice or my face That's fine, I don't care I'll take all that too But uh, we're here We want to support you as best we can uh, With the word of God Through the Holy Spirit And uh, we we give all God the glory For everything that's said and done Um, Around the world We appreciate everybody And really hope this gets out there Thank you for your time And uh, check us out Shabbat Shalom.